Hey, will y'all will y'all just stay standing one second? Um, the band's gonna leave, but I want y'all to try something with me. Um, something we did as a staff at our conference, and I was just like, "That's pretty cool." I'm gonna do that Sunday. That's awesome. I just want you to like close your eyes and picture what it would be like to be in heaven and worshiping Jesus right now with the angels. And for some of y'all, if you're not a Christian, you might be weirded out. Uh, you can just close your eyes and rest for a minute and hang in with me. But just picture what it's like seeing Jesus in all his glory. Scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so I believe the first thing that we'll do when we see him is hit our knees. But then after we do, I don't think you can help but lift your hands to him. I think that's what we're going to do is we're just going to lift our hands up and say, Oh my goodness, look at you and your majesty and your glory. And so I just want you to do that right now. I'm going to pray, and I just want you to lift your hands up to the sky, not to me, not to put on a show, but just to the sky declaring that right now this is all about Jesus and open yourself up for what I believe God's going to do. So right now, just lift your hands up with me. Lord Jesus, you've already done a great work in this house today. Holy Spirit, I believe you changed one life this morning. With salvation and many more saying that we're declaring freedom today. And so, God, I just pray that you'll move. I pray that when we leave here, we'll sense your presence and we will desire your presence all week long. Not during the church service, not in an emotional time, but God, we open our hands up to you and lift to the sky to you to experience what you are and what you have for us today. Lord, we love you, Jesus. And we are so excited to see what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. I just want to say on behalf of the staff, we are so honored that you're here. There's some guests here today, and we're excited. Uh, we are excited that you decided to worship with us. So I got a question for you as we get started, and I'm going to need some talking back, okay? So it's going to be awkward if y'all don't talk back to me. How's everybody doing today? For real, that's it? We just had the Holy Ghost fall down. I'm going to need somebody to talk to me. How's everybody doing today? All right, that's good. That's good. I'm going to jump right in, but truly we are honored. We're honored that you're here. This is week four of Race to Life, and I just got a question for you. How many of you guys can remember back to a time that someone, one of the presidents, declared war? Y'all remember it? Who remembers it? Who does not remember any time that you've heard a declaration of war in your life? Shenanigans. Never remember a declaration of war. Never remember hearing a declaration of war. All right, I'm going to remind you of some, and I'm pretty good at voices, so if you don't laugh, it's going to hurt my feelings, all right? Here's the first one. I was in the fourth grade. I was taking standardized tests, all right? So y'all remember those when we had to bubble them? I think the kids aren't even going to have to do that anymore. So no number two pencils, right? Praise the Lord Jesus. And then you sharpened them too much. That was y'all. I know that was y'all. Like, maybe it was just me. But, like, we're sitting in the fourth grade, and, and – uh, Iraq had invaded Kuwait, right? Y'all remember this? Iraq had invaded Kuwait, and George Herbert Walker Bush, some of y'all don't even know who that is. George Herbert Walker Bush gets up, and he had that awesome voice, not awesome, and he stands up, and he's got, not going to do it. Is that good, anybody? No. Not going to eat my broccoli. Well, that's not what this is about. Hang he's Saddam Hussein will not take over Kuwait. Right? Yeah, that's good, right? Somebody? Amen? All right. So, but I remember where I was because he said we're declaring war. We are declaring war. And it was the Persian Gulf War, and he, and he declared to, with, the Congress, with the Congress's backing, we're declaring war on Iraq. 
And I remember sitting there as a fourth grader with those little cartons that you get. Y'all remember? And, like, I just remember thinking, holy crud, we're, we're at war. This is crazy. And, like, we would watch it at nighttime, and you'd see the missiles fly through the air and the lights and all the green. It's always green. Maybe it's just my eyes, and I'm colorblind. I don't think so. But it's always, like, it's crazy, right? We're seeing the stuff in the air, and we're, like, I'm glued to it right after we declared war. And the war lasted, like, a week and a half. It was awesome, and we won. So that was good. But, like, here's something. Like, you, I, I wasn't alive. I, it was close, but I wasn't alive. Hopefully you know this. Like maybe some teenagers, maybe y'all don't know this date, and I'm going to like tear up if you don't. But this speech ought to come to mind. Yesterday, this is my FDR. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. Please tell me you know what that was. What was it? What was it? Thank you, Jesus. At the end of that speech, four and a half minutes, five minutes long, he says, we will declare war on the empire of Japan. All right, that's a good FDR. I'm just going to tell y'all right now, somebody should clap for that, all right? Two presidents down today. Y'all are welcome. If y'all don't get anything else, at least you were entertained, all right? But, but it was a declaration of war, and everybody is one raised up, and they clapped. And most people at that time were listening to it on the radio, and I can just imagine what it was like. On December 8th, when that speech took place in 1941, the declaration of war and the pride that we, they felt that our people, our grandparents would have felt in that moment, and some of your parents, and some of you, maybe it was you, that you felt. And then the most recent that I think of, and almost everyone in here was at least alive for this, was when those buildings hit by planes and 9-11, and it was unlike anything we've ever ever experienced. It was unlike Pearl Harbor that missiles fell down on and torpedoes blew up ships. And it was unlike a country being invaded. It was terror for the first time. It was terrorism that was coming to our country. And I remember where I was. I remember the feeling. And most of you do as well, don't we? And there wasn't truly a declaration of war, but I remember George W. Bush standing up on that rubble. And he had that bullhorn. Yes, we hear you. And the American people hear you. And that was our declaration of war. He said, we are going to war on terror. And that war on terror continues today. And that, like, I get pride when I talk, think about my country. Not one president, not one political party, but when I see the star, the, excuse me, the stars and stripes, like I'm just telling y'all, if you're the person that wants to burn the flag, I'll have a conversation with you afterwards and it'll be good. Not. But like, you know what I mean? Like, why do you want to, anyway, another story for another day. But but I get pride. Like, it's not about what side you're on. It's not about what color you are. It's about America, and I love it. Now, now, stop right there. Listen. Why is it that I will stand up and say I'm against terror and I'm for freedom? But when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to our person, when it comes to our homes, when it comes to our lives, we just say, you know what, it'll all go away. It'll be fine. And we don't stand against and stand for because we think it's okay. That's not okay. Because let me show you the definition of terrorism. Like, we think of terrorism, right, and we think of, of all the missiles hitting the building or the, or the planes hitting the buildings or the, or the people being beheaded right now, and it is terrorism. But you are experiencing terrorism every day, and it's much bigger than ISIS and the Taliban because this is literally the definition. Social commotion. Yes, we experienced it on 9-11. We all had that sinking feeling in our heart, didn't we, the people that remember it. We had that sinking feeling of, my life as I know it will never be the same, and I feel sick to my stomach. But this happens at your home every day. This happens in your life every single day, and we put our head in the sand and think it's going to go away. It's not going away. 
It's not going away. And listen, this is for the people that know Scripture well. Stay with me if you don't. Who's the author of confusion? Satan. So mental confusion. Some of y'all are like real even keel, okay? Y'all just stay with me right here. For all my crazy people, somebody say amen, right? We understand, you know what I mean? Like nobody in here wakes up on Friday morning and goes, I don't even know where I'm at, right? And I'm not talking about intoxication, and I'm not talking about you've done something stupid or you've taken pills. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about life is hard sometimes. Life is hard sometimes. And confusion comes to our homes. And listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this. When planes fly into buildings, or when bombs are dropped on Pearl Harbor and from Pearl Harbor to San Francisco, our, our ships get bombed. And even though we only find out about it through radios, and the, har- the, the New York harmonic is going, they're having a symphony, and that's how people, many, many, many people were finding out on the CBS National Radio, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And they get nervous, and they're ready to go fight. We are ready. I have buddies that immediately signed up for the military, and that is awesome. Praise God on 9-11. But what about every one of you from side to side and watching online? What about every person in here? What about the fact that we are at war and our lives are in terror? And we say, yeah, but man, it's not that big of a deal. Let me tell you something about a big deal. Satan This is for every Christian in here, but if you're not saved, I just want you to stay with me. Lock in. Satan cannot have you if you've trusted Jesus. Cannot have you. And so he's got one goal in mind. What's this word? He just wants to cause confusion. And when you get mad and you get frustrated and you want to put your hands up and just say, I'm done, not put your hands up and say, I'm done that way. Pick me up. I can't do this thing anymore. But you just throw your hands back and say, I'm walking away. He wins. That's what he wants. He's he's bringing terror into our homes every single day, and this is what's so sad to me. A couple weeks ago, we went to uh, the the zoo down in Columbia, the Riverbank Zoo, and they got the huge thing of flamingos, and I think they're so funny because their legs are like the size of my pinky, and they stand like this, and I just want so bad. Maybe I'm the only one. I just want so bad to just push them and just see what happens, right? Am I the only one? I don't know. It would just be fun or maybe – did y'all ever do this when we were kids? Like you knee somebody in the back and they fall down. I just wanted to like clip and just see what happens with, with a leg. But those jokers can sleep. And they do like this. And they, I don't know how they do their neck thing, but they, they bury it down in the feathers. And like you can, ah! I didn't do that. I'm saying you could, all right? But, but you can yell at them and you can try to, and they don't move because they bury their head in the feathers. Or you've, you've heard the slogan, the ostrich buries its head in the sand, right? That's what, that's what we do. With confusion, with difficulties, my, Pastor Mark, if you knew what was going on with my family, with sickness, with storms that have come in my life, I just want to pull my one leg up and bury my head in my feathers, and I think all is going to go away. It's not going away. And when terror came to our country, what did we do? What did we do? We declared war. We fought back. We said, we can't sit here. Listen, Declaration of Independence. Hopefully you've heard of that. That would be good because you're living in America. Somebody say amen. Like when Declaration of Independence happened, if our guys in, excuse me, it wasn't 1776, when they signed that Declaration of Independence and on July 4th they said, this is us, we'll have freedom. If they put one leg up and put their head in the sand, it's not going to work. They had to go. They didn't have to cross. The enemy was coming. Guess what? The enemy's coming. 
The enemy's already at your house. The question is not, is he going to attack? The question is, are you going to fight back? And this has to be the declaration of this house today. Listen to me. I don't care if you call this church your home or if this is the first time you walk in. This has to be the declaration of this house today. Have you had a declaration of freedom in your life? And listen, it's not about I can do this. It's about I can't do this. This is what it means, church. Listen. It's who is the commander-in-chief of your army. You're like, I don't have an army. This is an army. If the Spirit of God lives inside of me because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm an army that is powerful and can be moved. But as soon as I say, I'm going to fight against that terror thing, I'm done if I don't declare freedom through the Lord Jesus. And I just believe that's a lot of us. And so today what I want to do is teach you out of Romans chapter 8, and it's one of the great chapters in all of Scripture. And I hope that you'll go tonight. I hope that you'll go and take time and read from start to finish. Because if you're dealing with some of the stuff that Leah and I have dealt with this week, you'll greatly appreciate that the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf when you're struggling in Romans 8.26. And in 8.29 that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God praying for you. In 8.28 that all things work together for good. And then 8.1 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Listen right here. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Did you hear what I said? That's worth clapping for. That's good stuff right there. There's no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. And so the reason that we declare and the reason that we get excited and the reason we get emotional, and I don't mean tears because you don't need to do that, but the reason that, but you can, the reason that we get excited is not because of what we've done, but because there's no condemnation of me in me, excuse me, because of what he's done. No condemnation. No condemnation. Here's what God reminded me this week, and I just think this is for some of y'all. I don't need to put myself down constantly and remind myself of what I used to do or even what I did last week. Because the author of Confusion does a pretty, plenty good enough job to bring terrorism to my home, and I'm declaring freedom today. And it's not by my acts, it's not by my good deeds. It's by the Holy Spirit. Some of you, have, your life is screwed up so bad, and you don't know where to turn. We're going to declare freedom today. We're going to declare our independence in this house right now. There's no condemnation. But then there's a but. And then he goes on to teach. But you've got to get this because you have declared freedom, but you've declared it in yourself. And that's not good enough. Look what verse 5 says. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, For those who live according to thee, according to the flesh, Set their minds on things of the flesh. Pastor Mark, what does that mean? If I live according to my skin, the pastiness of what I am, right? A little ashy falling off today. Like, if you're talking about that because that's kind of weird. No, no. This is living according to me. What's inside of here, what I am, the essence that makes me up, the things that pull me. I want you to see this, and I'm going to explain something to you. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. Now, Pastor, how do I know what I'm doing? How do I know which one I am? Answer this question. You can say it out loud if you want to, but it's probably better if you answer it where you're sitting. All right? What gets you going? What gets you up? What pulls you? What, what's the thing? What is the thing that makes you want to go get it? It's the thing that I can't wait to get up for and the thing that I look forward to when I'm taking a nap, when I'm, when I'm about to go to sleep at night. It's the thing. If it's a million bucks, that's, that's what it is. If it's getting to the end of, if it's finally getting to, if it's finally having a man or a woman in your life, it's, if, whatever it is, those things are not bad. But check it out. 
if it's the thing that I set my mind on, then I live according to the flesh. But check this out. The way, (laughs) such a backwards way of thinking, the way that my life changes, the way that I get what my heart desires, is when my love for the Lord Jesus becomes so deep that I'm pulled by his spirit, and then my want-tos change anyway. And God's like, God, I'm tricked you, and then I'll give you all that you want because you want what I want. Got him. Like, that's how he works. It's crazy. Because I'm just like, I'll follow Jesus if I can get my stuff. No, no, no. You never wanted to. That's not grace. Pastor Mark, I'll get saved because then I can live like ever I want because there's no condemnation. No, no. You've set your your mind on things of flesh, and maybe even while you said a cool prayer, you thought I can do whatever I want. Like, it's okay, really. And we fail to realize what we sang with forever. He is glorified. Why? Because he took on death and hell below us, that something that we deserve, and he took it. He, he robbed it of what should be me and you because I deserve it. And instead, he, he put himself there and then rose again three days later. And so if I think that I get to do whatever it is cool with me and I'm just going to do my thing and I'm going to be all about me, but, 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 but I'm going to be cool, right, because I can just do what I want. We've deceived ourselves. And then we live a life of terror because we think, I don't get why God's not blessing my life. This is crazy. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10, 10. Ask yourself, am I following the thief, Satan, the deceiver, the confuser? And am I being pulled by my desires or, or am I following Christ? Which one? Well, you can answer it yourself right here. Verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is, what's that word? That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Right? Praise the Lord, right? But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace, shalom, completeness. And that's like, that's like a line in the sand verse, isn't it? If you set your mind on the flesh, it is death. Uh, Hebrews 9.27, the author says that it is appointed unto man once to die and after that face judgment. But that's not necessarily your physical death. That is the the fact that every one of us have a body. I'm not quite 35 years old yet. Kelly decided this week that it would be a good idea when we were on our trip for us to jog. Hmm. Like, I mean, we got some runners in here. I'm just going to tell you, like, what is that? No one was chasing us. I wasn't in trouble with the police. And I ran on purpose. And my ankle hurts right now. That's why I wore these awesome shoes. Somebody say amen about these shoes because they are not orange. They're coral and salmon. All right. But it's it's got good ankles before it because bam, right? So there we go. But I could tell, listen, I'm not 17. (laughs) Right? I lost weight and I'm like, I got this. Yeah, I'm back to my playing weight. No, you are not back to your playing body. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and it's not coming back because some of these ligaments and bones and these dudes. And when you're big, and there's like three big people in here, tall. Some of y'all know what I mean. It just never goes back. Golly, Pete. Because it, my body is dying. My physical body will not be here for long. Scripture tells me that, that I'm a stranger in a foreign land on this place called earth, that I am just stopping through, that I'm passing, but my life is eternal and I'm heading there someday. I'm not supposed to be here for 250 years or 500 years. 
Lord willing, 85 years on this place is a long time, and that's awesome, but I'm ready to go home. So our bodies are dying, but our minds are dying with it when we set our minds on the flesh. That's the problem. We go body to mind to soul. We should go soul to mind to body. We get it backwards because this is dying always, no matter who you are, no matter if your mind is on the spirit or your mind is on the flesh, no matter what you're being led by. And yet, what we find ourselves doing is saying, why? I don't get it. I'm preaching to me if I'm not preaching to anybody else. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Like six of you. That's awesome. All right. But I can have peace in and in, and even though this thing's going to get old, it's just holding. It's a holding place. At funerals, I use a, like a, a peanut shell. Inside's the peanut. That's what matters. You don't collect your peanut shells. If you do, that's weird. And throw them away, okay? I'm just, that's free. But that's what it is. That's all this thing is. But I live for this. It's backwards. It's backwards thinking. As a result, my mind is death. My soul dies if I never experience life in Jesus. But I will have contentment and peace in my marriage, in my home, at my job, with everything that stinks in my life right now if I just trust the Lord Jesus and allow him to be the commander-in-chief of the army of my life. For, for the mind that is set on the flesh is, what's that word? Now, that's crazy. I am hostile toward God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Now, stop. Oftentimes, maybe it's just me, okay? If it's just me, just be quiet. But if it's not, y'all need to talk to me right here. Oftentimes, what I find myself doing is throwing my hands up in frustration, not in complete surrender, saying, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe, this is a good idea for Mark. I've been preaching this to myself all week. I'm ready to give it to you and move on, all right? Maybe I should read verse 7. Maybe I should read this and ask myself, if I am being pulled by my flesh, I often say this, it sounds really spiritual, but maybe you can say it now because it's not overly spiritual and it's not overly complicated. You're either being led by your flesh, by your mind, by what your body desires, by your eyes, and by what it pulls you to, or you're being led by the Spirit. And if you're being led by the flesh, it is hostile toward God. And then, and then, God, why are you not blessing me? God, why are miracles not happening in my life? God, I don't get this. Why, why is my life not experiencing your flow, your, your love, your mercy, your grace? And the crazy part is God's right there beside you, waiting on you to say, God, you're the commander of my life. You're in charge. Pastor Mark, my marriage, for real, man. Like, if you had any idea, it's awful. It is hell on earth. It's chaos. It's commotion. It's, 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 it's ter terrible, right? Same root word. And I just don't know what to do. Or maybe... Maybe you feel like what happened to us the other night. This is a trip, okay? But I feel like a lot of us in the room would agree that we feel the same way. We may not look and can go crazy like my kids did, all right, because they are crazy. And if anyone wants to babysit them, y'all can call me because y'all can have them. Praise the Lord. All right, but, but it may not be like this, but your life is much like this if you're being led by the flesh. Watch, this is what happened on Monday, I'm sorry, on Friday, we're up here and we're setting up for something. And um, my kids are playing. They're watching a movie somewhere in one of the kids' rooms, and they're doing something, and we're finishing, and it's like 10. Don't judge us for having kids out at 10 because y'all do it too, and y'all are just thinking we shouldn't because we're pastors, okay? 
But we had the kids out. We were ready to leave. I'm shutting the lights off. We're ready to go. Lee's like, I want to get it done tonight so we don't have to worry about it later. Yes, ma'am. All right. So we get it all done. We're finished. We're leaving. And if you've not been in the women's bathroom, and if your name starts with dude, you hopefully have never been in the women's bathroom in this church, okay? But on this side, we have a women's bathroom. It's nice. It's like, I don't know, for like five places to use the potty. And like, there's one, two, three, four, I think, and then there's an inner room, okay? And it's got a door. And we did it because it just worked better with the flow of the room. But, like, it's inner, inner. Like, it can close, and it gets real dark in there if the lights are off. Okay? So you got a picture. Laney had to use the bathroom. I had no idea. She goes into the bathroom. Haston, if Laney says jump, Haston's going to jump as high as he can and try to hurt himself. So she did, he just follows because he's a little tag along, and Laney's a little mama. Laney walks, Laney walks in. She starts using the bathroom. They get done, and they decide this is a good place to play. <sighs> That's weird. All right. But anyway. My kids represent Pangles. Uh, so I go in, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to, right? I'm turning the lights off. I'm getting all the lights off in the church. I turn the lights off. I walk out. I walk over here. I make sure all these lights are off. And all of a sudden, I hear, ah! And Lee and I look at each other, and we're right outside of here. So we're a good little ways from the bathroom. I said, where are they? And we have panic and terror because we think something's falling, probably hasting. Something's happened. He might have climbed up on that TV or one of the things in the back and like, where is he? Because my boy, he's awesome, right? So uh, we were like, where are they? Ah! And I run around and we're running in here legit. We couldn't find them for about 30 seconds to a minute. And I finally figure out they're in that bathroom and I open the door and I flip the light on and the look on their face. I mean, if there were ghosts and they saw one, it ain't worse than this, okay? I mean, it was bad news. And they're both like, Laney's on this leg and Haston's on this leg because daddy's big and he can kill everything that was coming in to kill them at that point, you know. And then I'm just hugging them and I'm rubbing their head. And I just pulled Laney back in, sat her up on the counter and grabbed her little shoulders and looked down and said, what did you, what did you think you should do? Daddy, I don't know. I just panicked. I just got really scared and I didn't know where to go. And she's teared up now, and we do a little drill. Take a deep breath. And then I poke her in the belly, and she laughs, and it's over. We're not crying anymore. Y'all can try that. That's free. But I said, baby, all you had to do was stay calm and feel for that little door. And it, listen, if you'd open that door, there's a light, and there's light under the door. Well, that's what we do. We get to these points in our life where death is happening in our homes because we're panicking because we realize that all hell's coming against us. And listen, some of you, that's your home because that's what Satan wants is to have control of your mind. And we panic and we freeze up. And if y'all have ever been around people that aren't real good in pressure situations, it is not fun, is it? All of y'all should have said amen. Some of y'all is y'all, so I understand why you didn't, okay? But it's not fun. And I told Laney, I said, here's the rule. This is what we're going to do, baby. Whenever you, have, whenever you get nervous, stay calm, look around, and try to find something that you can get your bearings. And this is what I find people tell me all the time. I had a conversation in the pool this week, and it just broke my heart of a girl that has um, abused some drugs and alcohol, and she just beats herself up, and she, she knows a little tiny bit about the Scriptures. But the truth is she just says, there's no way God can love me. And I just started crying. I'm just, you know, I don't know these people. I know their names now, and I know them now. But I didn't know them down in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm just crying with 
just in case they're watching, I'm not going to say their names, but I just started crying and said, if you only understood that when the lights are shut off, if you just looked around, there's a God that loves you, and he's just waiting on you to come. Psalm 139 verse 5 says that he goes before me and behind me, and his hand is on my head, and he's always close, man. He's always close, but when terror comes, the terror in my life leads to panic, which leads to frantic. It rhymes, so I'm going with it. Y'all should go with it too because it's good. It leads to a frantic lifestyle, which is commotion, which is what the goal of the enemy is for my life, and all I have to do is remain calm. Y'all have heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. The enemy of faith is not doubt. The enemy of faith is sight or the want to have sight the need to have sight. In that moment, she did not doubt her father. She did not doubt her father could. She doubted that she could because she could not see. Listen to me. Many of you cannot see in the room that you're in right now because you feel boxed in and you're closed in. You don't have to see. Listen, you just have to step. Psalm 119 said, his word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, but you haven't cracked open a Bible in a year. And you wonder why am I not hearing from God? That's his letter to us. That's how we hear from him. And then you say, well, I don't know how to pray. Listen, it's this simple. God, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Be the boss. That's praying. And we're going to start a series next week. And if you miss it, you're going to miss a lot because we are going to go through the why and the how and the what. But if you are living that life of chaos and you don't ever consider God, you are being led by the flesh and it's death. It's not life. It's not peace. It's not hope. And there's never been a declaration of freedom. It doesn't matter how many times you've been dumped. And there's no life in you. Verse 9, or verse 8, excuse me. Those who are in the flesh cannot. What's that say? Don't miss this. It doesn't say that God won't love you. It doesn't say that God will love you less. He cannot. He is love. It's his essence. It's what the substance of what God is, is love. But just like I love my kids unconditionally with, with no change, no matter what happens, no matter what they become, I love them. I'm not pleased with them all the time. Are y'all? <laughs> if you're pleased with your kids all the time, I need some instructions, Right? Because we're not, it's the reality. You are the child of the Most High God, and when we're led by the flesh, it does not please God. It does not give God honor and glory like we sang about right here. It doesn't do it. You, however, are not in the flesh. Why? Because you're in the Spirit. If, in fact, and this is big, the Spirit of God lives in you, if it dwells in you, here's the deal, though. That definitely didn't say if you've, if you've prayed a prayer one time, right? It definitely didn't say if you believe about God. Are y'all with me? I'm preaching a little bit more than y'all are talking. Are y'all with me? All right. It doesn't say if we know about him. It says that if he's alive in us, if he's dwelling in us, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong. That word is really, really important to him. And it means I'm the God of my own universe. I'm the commander-in-chief of this life. And I can think my way out, do my way out, or, or hurt my way out. And many of us put our minds to it. And for a couple weeks, our marriage is better. For a couple weeks, our job is better. A couple weeks, that storm that's in my life that I don't know where to turn, it seems like it's taking a turn for the better. But it is not about you getting through the storm because it's like that stupid bird that puts his leg up that I just want to clip over and a hurricane comes through. It's going to get swept away. 
Y'all with me? It's going to get swept away. But there's good news. If Christ is in you, although the body is dead, decaying, dying, it's not going to last because of our sin and because we were fallen. The Spirit is it's life because of righteousness. How does righteousness happen? It's not, it's not what I did. Righteousness literally means a right standing with God. Look here, listen. But righteousness happens through grace, which is God sending us his mercy and his favor and his love through the person of Jesus Christ. And as a result of me saying, I want you to be the boss and the master and over my life and through my life and in my life, and you have complete and total control. Here's what we get, and this is pretty awesome. What we get is if the Spirit of, of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life. That's a miracle to raise Jesus from the dead. But listen to me, for every person that has trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord said, you're the boss, I'm not going to try anymore, I'm declaring freedom. But it's not my declaration of independence, it's your declaration over me, it's your salvation, it's your freedom. And you're doing it in me just like you pulled Jesus up from the dead, up from the grave, up from, up from hell and separation. You pulled him out of there because he took it all on and you pulled me out just like you did the same. I am not declaring in my works, in my power, and in my love, but I'm declaring in your works and in your power and your love, I have freedom in Jesus Christ. I've been set free. It's my destiny. It's my life. He will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Here's the deal. I just think there's a lot of people that are stuck in a room right now. If we could see our lives like they really are and all hell's coming against you and you're fighting, clawing, and scratching and you're screaming from the inside out. You're screaming, I don't know where to go, Pastor. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. Daddy, come save me. At that point, we have hope. Daddy, save me. He's waiting. He's waiting. Revelation chapter 1 says, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone lets me in, I will enter. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to take that flagpole and stuff it in the ground and say, it's not mine, but it's yours. I declare freedom in Jesus' name through his power and through his might. I declare freedom. And this is why it came, Romans chapter 4. It's been the theme of all of race to life. And some of you are going to experience that right now, Romans Chapter 4 said he was delivered over to death for our sin and he was raised to life for our justification so that when God the Father who we're screaming out to in that room looks at us, it's just as if we'd never sinned. There's no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. The question is not, is that the truth? It's have you experienced the truth that there is freedom in Jesus? Or is your life the one that has had a terror attack on it, on your home, on your body, throughout everything that's happening your reaction to it is this too shall pass I got news it ain't gonna pass it's a war that we cannot win but with Christ it's a war that we cannot lose I just want to know today I just want to know it's a good time to clap I just want to know today and there's somebody in here that is you this is you that needs this is it your day to declare freedom where you're tired of trying to do this on your own and you say, God, I'm going to make you the master over me and through me and in me 
I'm giving you my heart and life. I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior and believe that you will give me a spirit that is alive and well. I no longer want to be in charge. Guys, die with $100 million and it accomplishes nothing. Die broke with Jesus and you get to go to heaven and experience life and it is the greatest peace that you can ever have because it's not this kind of peace where we're not at war, we're at war every day, but it's a wholeness and a completeness. It's amazing. Will you bow with me? Pastor Mark, man, that's me. I need to make the Lord Jesus over my life and in my life right now. I'm declaring freedom in my home. I want Jesus right now. If that's you, just slip your hand up as high as you can and say, that's me, Pastor. I see that hand in the back. Anyone else? Keep it up. Keep it up. That's me, Pastor Mark. I want to declare freedom in my home, in my house. By trusting Jesus, keep those hands up. If you have your hand raised and I can't see it, please keep your hand up. Listen to me. Every person in this room, if you've, if you've had a time in your life where you've trusted Christ, then praise the Lord. But if not, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. If that was you, here's what I want you to do is fill out the card that we just brought back to you. I want you to take it to our next steps area. We want to we want to help you. We want to begin that step and that process with you, okay, and, and walk with you and teach you what it means to not have to do this thing on your own and walk alive in Jesus. Will everybody look this way? I'm about to pray in just a second with us. This is what I want to know. A lot of you are like me. You've trusted Christ as Savior, but the truth is I've really had to preach this to myself a few times this week. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Am I being led by the flesh or led by the Spirit? Every day, I find myself doing things and I just want to kick myself. Why are you doing those things, you know? That doesn't help. Beating yourself up, Satan's really good at that. It doesn't help to point out other people's things. Can I just say this? There's a time and a place for that, like right now. But Satan's really good at pushing people down. I think this army needs to pick some people up, throw them over our shoulders and love some people. And teach some people what it really means to be a church. Because as for me and my house, and the Bible calls a church a house of worship, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if you're not really into that, this may not be the house for you. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I hope it is. Because as for me and my house, we're declaring that this is not mine. I'm just one of you. I'm one step walking one step in front of you, but I'm a sheep just like you're a sheep. And our shepherd is Jesus Christ. He's our maker and our creator. And as for us, we will serve God. We will love people. We will go out there and we will give generously and faithfully above what we can even imagine because God is going to bless because we want to bless. But in order to do that, we have to have a declaration of freedom. And if that's you, listen, please don't do it if it's not you. Don't be embarrassed. But if it's you today, I just want you to stand up and raise your arms as high as you can. And I know it's a lot. Some of you never raised your hands past your head. You don't even wash your hair. And it's weird, right? I want you to stand up. If this is you and you want freedom in your life, and just throw your hands up. You can close your eyes because I'm about to pray. And just say, Lord Jesus, this is what I want for my life. So right now, if that's you, I'm starting to pray now. If that's you, just stand up where you are, Lord Jesus. You see the people standing. God, I pray that you will move in this house. Lord Jesus, we're yours. We get so confused with the commotion of life. We get so frustrated with everything that's going on. God, confusion seems to be 
the DNA of my home sometimes because I try to be the commander-in-chief, but I am declaring freedom. I'm declaring independence from the terror of this world. Terrorism is terrible, but the terrorism of the enemy is much worse. But God, today, we are celebrating the fact that you make all things new. You make all things new. Lord Jesus, we lift our hands to you to the, to the sky because we realize that in that dark room where we don't know where to turn, you're our daddy that comes in and says, stay calm, I've got you. I've been here this whole time. We raise up and just ask you to pick us up when we fall down and help us walk. God, all that faith is is taking the next step and walking toward you and we trust you without sight because we believe that you died and you rose from the dead and you are who you say you are and you make all things new. Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and raised many people in this room in this last month new. We love you, Jesus, and it is now our declaration that you make all things new. In Jesus' name, amen.